Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to one of my favorite hours of the week. We're here at Forbes Factor, and I'm going to get right into it because I have got a phenomenal guest. You know that we focus on health, wealth, and happiness. I had the honor of hanging out with this guy and meeting him via Clubhouse. For those of you who follow me and are big fans, you know how much I love Clubhouse? Because like radio, I don't have to put on any makeup. And as a girl, that's so amazing. But I will tell you what happened on this, um, this app for me was I discovered it as the pandemic was setting in and my beautiful Joshua had been in a horrific motorcycle accident. And for me, I still love this, this app, but for those of us who started on it, we definitely felt like pioneers. And there was this voice of, of sanity that came all the way over from the UK, just massive success. Do you ever meet somebody who oozed success? Well, besides me. Uh, so, <laughs> and when you do, you perk up and you listen and you take notes. And I will tell you, he is an entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. He's an author of a book called Business Hacks. He runs a huge, amazing membership one of the most inviting voices of sanity. And as you know, I'm the queen of pitch. He is one of the best pitchers I've ever met. And I don't know if he was born that way or it cultivated, but by the time he was 27, he was already a self-made millionaire. I could read his credits, but he wouldn't have time to come on and talk. So I'm going to bring him on and we're going to ask and have the most in-depth conversation I've ever had with the one and only Mr. John Lee. Welcome to the stage. Thank you so much for that. Wow, <laughs> that introduction is incredible. Can, can, can you do all my introductions from now on? <laughs> I would be happy to. I don't think you realize what an impact that you've had on my life personally. Um, and when I go into your rooms and I see what you've created and I hear your level of inviting and the way you talk, I'm blown away and I love that I get to honor you this way and say that. Oh, thank you so much for having the show. It's, it's really an, an, an honor. Thank you. Now, watching you apparently... You're Captain America. I didn't know that. Look at that. <laughs> I, I am actually a big geek. I'm, uh, as you can see, I, I used to work in the film industry. So that's why I have these sort of um, Iron Man. I've got the, well, you can't see up there, but I've got the ori original Optimus Prime for those of you who are Transformers fans. I actually have the original um, Iron Man comic as well from I think 1956. So someone got me that for my 40th birthday and I'm, I'm very very happy. I was like, yes. <laughs> I just love this. All right. So I was figuring out where we should start from. So let's start for you at the beginning, because as my friends and fans don't know you, you, you started at such a young age. Have you always had this spirit or is this something that evolved for you? Well, I, like many people, you know, being Asian, I, my parents said, go to school, get a job, work for somebody else. But unfortunately the model and especially what's happening right now in the world Forbes is we are trading time for money. And what we need to do is start earning an income and having an income work for us. And so I'll, I think a lot of people have probably heard of this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that book um, and it taught me the concept of passive income. Like, God, why don't they teach this at school? And so for me, I never really got, uh, we never really got to see my parents. And I thought, why don't I create something? And I love my job, by the way, I was an animator. You know, I worked, you know, on, on, I used to work for a company called EA Games. 
Uh, and then I worked for a company called Framestore CFC. I worked on all the big blockbuster movies. They, you know, they did Avengers, they did Harry Potter, they did all the big films, but it felt like, you know, sometimes you work so hard to get somewhere you kind of get there and it's like, oh God, uh, is this it? And so that's when I remember listening to a podcast um, by Dolph the Roos. And this guy was in education and he tried to get a PhD and he got one eventually, tried to get a job and for six months didn't get a job. And eventually he got a, a job offer for 35,000. And at the same day he got a job offer Forbes, he actually sold a property and made 35,000. So I'm like, huh, why don't I just earn my year's income and then just take the rest of the year off? And that's how I kind of started in this whole industry. I, so this is, and by the way, were your parents happy or not happy with you doing this? My parents was, I mean, they didn't understand. I mean, they thought, why are you doing this like cartoon stuff? Like, you know, get, like, do something proper, like, like get a job, work for somebody else and, you know, be safe and secure. But when I, I remember telling my mom, you know, mom, I'm, I'm, cause you know, Asian people, we always like to boast about our kids and we always like to, you know, oh, my, my son's a doctor and, and my daughter goes to Harvard or Oxford or Cambridge and, you know, little old John Lee, I, I wasn't that intelligent to get into these schools. So I decided to do animation and, you know, I, I finally got a job and you know, here's the interesting thing, Forbes, the day I quit my job, I actually got a pay rise from 36,000 pounds to 60,000 pounds. And I remember saying to my mom, I said, mom, I'm, I'm, I've got this pay rise. She was so happy. And I said to her, but you know what? I've just quit my job and I'm going to start a business. You know what she said to me? She said, and in Chinese, that means you're a complete idiot. All right, so this begs the question, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? They are definitely made. Definitely. I mean, w w without a doubt. I mean, I think some people, I, I think the upbringing of our environment definitely shapes the way we are, but no one comes out, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Everyone comes out neutral and then it's the environment. So I call it our BS, not the bullshit, our belief systems, which are formed from other people that come onto us. And so this is how I'm able to see, like, if you look at the parents and you look at the kids and you look at the people that they hang around and you look at what they do, what people do in their spare time determines where they're going to be in the future. So for me, I'm always looking at how can we, and that's why I'm so glad you invited me onto this and, and you've been doing this show for many, many, many years. And you've changed like millions of lives. And I'm so happy that you're doing that because we need more people like you, folks. Well, and back at you. So now, how old are you when you quit this job? I was 23 years old. Okay, God, I can't even hardly remember 23. <laughs> and so, because remember, I'm also talking to my, you've got my ears of my kids. My kids are 19 years old. They both run a company. My daughter runs a multi-million dollar coaching company, which is crazy at 19. But when you did it, it was a little unusual. So at 23, you set out to this wild world. You were, were you born in London, by the way? I was actually, so I'm, I'm, I'm a British born Chinese, but my parents are from Hong Kong. Nice, nice. I, you know, it's funny. I was listening to Margaret Cho last night. There were some funny, ph phenomenal uh, women com comedians, and I've always loved her. And her whole thing has to go with, you know, she does her mom, her Chinese accent mom. And it's just so funny and so endearing. And, and I, I just, I love Chinese. I just do. I, I, I all, actually, I love all Asian. I'm a martial artist of several disciplines. And it's such an interesting world. I mean, I didn't realize, I, apparently, I'm Ukrainian which apparently until last year, nobody knew where that was. And all of a sudden it's become very interesting, the heritage and how you hold on to your, your people. Uh, but I'm so inclusionary that unless you told me you're Asian, I would forget, just to be clear. Uh, so 23, you said, I'm going to go do my own thing. What, what was that? Where'd you go? So in the book, it talked about if you want to make money, you have to buy assets. And you know what most people do is they 
make, you know, they make money and, you know, they spend most of that money on liabilities, things that don't put money in your pocket. So for me, like, again, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I, I struggled a lot at school. I, I like all the academic stuff. I wasn't very good at that. But one thing that I knew was, okay, if I can just buy one property and then sell that property, then if I can make my at least 36,000 pounds, then I can just take the rest of the year off. So my goal was really to like, Sometimes it just feels like it's Groundhog Day. We go to these exams, we graduate, we pay off debt, we, and it's like a like, like a hamster wheel. Right. And, and you know, working in central London, I don't know if anyone watching this is 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 working in London, but it is hectic. It's like just so busy, and people are walking around like this and knocking into you, and and it, it's horrible. It's horrible. the heat, the 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 pollution, and for me that that wasn't really living for, because that was just really just existing. Now, around that time, did you have any friends to talk to who understood what your dream was? I did. Um, so my best friend and I, so his name is Darren Rodriguez, and he works for some of the, I mean, top movies. Like, he animated The Hulk and Avengers and, and huge Iron Man. Um, but he and I had the same mindsets. And, you know, just to kind of go back, when we were at university, I went to a university in Hull. And um, was the, it was the University of Lincoln. And at that time, you know, I joined the school because I wanted to have that access to all the best technology. But in that school, they only had like 12 computers, but they had 50 students. So we'd always show up and there'd never be computers available. So he and I would show up. We'd get up at six o'clock in the morning, go there, go to McDonald's, get a, um, you know, a, a, a sandwich and, and a coffee. And we'd wait there until the caretaker showed up. And we would go and then we would bagsy the computers. So that means we like early word catches or, or the early worm, um, what's, what's early bird catches the worm. And then that, that's what we did. And so he's the one that bought me the book because I kept complaining about my job. Oh God, it's so busy. Or oh, the director, I got to do this, this shoot again. And oh God. And I was just so angry. And he, and he got me this book called the rich dad, poor dad. And that's the book. And, and I'm dyslexic. So I hate reading books, right. but I read that book cover to cover to cover. And it was like this spark moment that just like, Wow. Now I'm going to say, cause my, my fiance is a, also an animator, 3d graphic artist. That wow. one of the skills that you have is there's a detailed organization to how your brain works. Would you say that's true? Um, I'm actually not a detail. Funny thing is I'm not a very tidy person. I'm not very, um, detailed oriented. I'm kind of like dreamer. I mean, I'm a dreamer, but when it comes to business, there are certain aspects like marketing that I'm very particular with. And it's, it's very strange. You could have one discipline. Like you said, you've got many disciplines, but you put someone in like someone who's an introvert and extrovert. They're an introvert of people who they don't know, but they're an extrovert with people that do know. So there's certain things that come that do trigger that, I guess, OCD-ness. I got it. And I totally relate to you on so many wonderful levels because I'm also a bit of a geek on so many levels. My, my son's name is Riker from Star Trek. And you never look at me going, really, Forbes? Um, so now you're, you're selling properties, which I wish I had understood back then. So my parents, I understood they're not buying assets because we had no money growing up. I, my parents like to shove their money under the couch or under the cushion or put it in the, you know, get a CD, get it, put it in the bank because I didn't understand the risk factor. So now you're buying and selling some properties, but you started a business. How old were you when you did that? So when I started getting into real estate, a lot of people could ask me questions like, oh, oh, John, how come you're not working anymore? Or, oh, I'd call you, oh, how can you pick up the phone? How can you have so much free time? Oh, you're not an animator anymore, right? It's just because, you know, I quit my job and I kind of got into this full time. The first property I bought, um, I actually bought uh, for 85,000 and I sold it for 185,000 in two months. I made 100,000 pounds 
like that. And I was like, wow, well, I just need to do more of this. I can just do one of these every month or one every six months. I'm done. And so when I started to do it, it's interesting because when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, before I got into real estate, I kept telling people about it and said, oh, John, come on, stop dreaming. Oh, it's a scam. Come on, you can't do that. If, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it, right? And so it's interesting because when I started to achieve a small level of success, people start asking questions like, oh, well, how do you do that? Oh, oh how come you've got more than one house now? Oh my God, like I just saw you on a holiday. This, oh, how, how can you afford to buy that brand new BMW? So that people kept asking questions like, what are you doing? You're selling drugs? Like, 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 what are you doing? And I told them and I started explaining it. And one person would tell one person, they would tell somebody else until my phone would not stop ringing with people asking me questions on real estate. I then started to write like a little guide on it. So I say, you know what? I'm so busy. Um, I know you can ask me questions on how to buy houses, how to negotiate, how to raise finance and how to rent them, right? Yeah, okay, good. I got a report. Here's a report. And then we just read it. And do you know, you, I, I'll never forget this, Forbes. People would then share that guide with people and then I'll get a phone call from a guy called Steve Foley. And he said, John, I just read your report. It's incredible. Come and speak at my event. I'm like, I'm not a speaker. And plus I got a stutter. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be so good at your event. Uh, and because back then I, I did have, I was, I, I, sometimes I'll speak like that, right? Um, but when I spoke at that event, then people kept coming to me. To me and there's only six people there. I was like, come on, it's not that hard. Then I got another phone call from a guy called Just One Ride. And he said, John, I heard you spoke at Steve's event. Would you come speak at my event? I said, cool, there's only six people at the last one. It can't be that hard. I showed up, Forbes, and there's 250 people there. And I was like, I, had, I, st- I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And at the end of that event, someone comes up to me and says, hey, John, you know that report that you, like the holding, like how much is it? I said, I don't know, um, 47 pounds. The guy takes his wallet out, gives me 50 pounds and says, keep the change. That's the first time I knew that what's in my head is far more valuable to other people than it was for myself. I thought there was a second nature. I thought everybody knew this. And then eventually... Um, more people start spreading it. More people start buying it. I remember getting all my business cards, sending an email out with a PayPal link. Forbes, I sold 369 copies ah! in seven hours. Wow and wow. It does just, I, I love this story so much. Then you run into issues, by the way. So now you all of a sudden you have to put these names on a database. Did that come easily to you as well? Like what do you do with your email list? No, I just got I just got my business cards. Like you know, when you go to networking, I do. Should, That's, trust me, I know. Right, they like shove cards in your head, like, in your face, right? So I thought, okay, let's just let's just put them onto a spreadsheet, send an email, right? And I remember getting up in the morning, I opened up my laptop, I clicked send and receive, and it's like the ding. You only know, get PayPal notifications. The ding, the ding, the ding. I was like, this is. I thought something. I thought someone had hacked me or something, and then I realized there were payment receipts. Right. It's, yeah. Oh, I, I love this. What year is this? Are we talking, by the way? This was two, probably 2015. Okay. So digital marketing is a little bit of a thing back then, but you had no idea it even existed. I had no idea. I mean, in fact, you know, when, when because here's the thing, right? I would, the way I would get deals, I would knock on other people's doors and estate agents and say, hey, give me some deals. And they would say, yeah, sure. And they would never call me back. And then I thought to myself, hold on a second, this is so contradictory because the agent's job is to get the highest price. I want the lowest price. So it would never work. Right. So, until my friend said to me, he said, John, have you tried a newspaper? Right. Put an advert in the newspaper. So I did old school like leafleting. But it's like, do you know, I'd have to deliver 100,000 leaflets to get about 1,000 calls. 
Right. right. And from a thousand calls, most of those didn't want to sell. And, you know, I, 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 for every hundred people that would, that, that would speak to five, uh, 10 would fit the criteria. We put five offers in and one would complete. So it was a numbers game. I thought this is it's too much work, too right. much hard work. And then I realized Google AdWords, every single word people typed into Google is tracked. So if you use a software called SpyFu or Keyword Planner, it tells you every single keyword. And I typed in, sell my house fast. Do you know there were 6,600 searches a month in the UK? I thought, oh my God, if I can just target that keyword. So then I started using AdWords. Every time someone typed in, sell my house fast, bang, my website would come up. They would click, they would come to a website and there'll be a video of me or like some text saying, hey, if you want to sell your property fast, Fill your details below. And we'd ask for the first name, last name, email address, telephone number, and one question that makes difference. What's the main reason for selling the property and how fast do you want to sell? And every time someone would say within four weeks and they were getting repossessed or they wanted the cash fast, we would buy those properties 20 to 30% below market value. That's how I discovered, oh my God, you want to scale your business, you need to use digital. Wow, wow, and wow. All right, so then at some point you created this business that you you, you went public, by what age? Uh, 2019, actually. Okay, so connect those dots for me. So when I started doing this property stuff, people could ask me questions, right? So when I sent that report out, people started reading it, but then they would call my office saying, hey, John, I got a deal, can you help me negotiate it? I'm like, when well, you got the report, it tells you how to do it, but here's the thing. It's like, the more you help people, the more people want you to do it for them, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So then they would call me up and then I became the deal closer. I would start closing people's deals. And then eventually we would, like people, like word would spread, oh, John Lee and this guy, you know, you know, you know, they're doing these negotiations and then we'd put on live events and we'd say, look, it's just too much work doing all this for people. Just come to my event and I'll pick up the phone. I'll give you the script. I'll train you how to do it. And by the way, if we get deals, we'll pass them to you as well. And then I met a guy called Vincent Wong, right? This guy owned a website called Network Property Buyers. They generated like, 20 or 30,000 people wanted to sell the property below market value. And I said, you know what? I'm going to negotiation. You have all the deals. Let's partner together. Right. And that's when I started building a multi-million pound property portfolio. And the more I, the more properties I started to buy, the more investors that we would find and the more invested we would then sell deals to. But some of these investors would ask us, well, John, What's your secret sauce? How are you finding the deals? How are you getting the properties below market value? And I said to my business partner, we should teach them because then if we teach them, then they can do it for themselves. We don't have to be there. So one of the things that we started to do is we started to do training programs and we'd send, you know, let's, let's, cause we had to hire the venue because at first people would come to our office and we can fit like 10, 20 people in there, but that's quite a squeeze. But then when 50 or hundred people want to show, you can't fit those people in your office. Plus you're going to buy the Maltese and coffees and things like that. So you know what? Let's hire a hotel. And the first time I said, I want to hire a hotel for a hundred people. How much is it going to cost? It's going to get 10,000 pounds. I said, 10,000 pounds? I'm not paying 10 grand for a venue for people to show up for us to teach them. And then my business partner said, we'll just charge them. So we sent, we said, no one's going to pay that. So, so we sent an email out to say, hey, if you want to come, it's a hundred places, click the PayPal link. And do you know, if this was insane, like we were sending an email out to a small list of like, because our investors, we only had a list of like 2000 people and we'd be sold out within an hour. Wow. It was incredible. Isn't business phenomenal? Hey, uh, in three minutes, we're taking our first commercial break because we are in fact live. We're a radio show heard around the world on Voice America. You have... 
I, I, by the way, I pay you $7 a month. Just so you know, I'm in early. I am one of your, I, <laughs> I'm a member of your club, but you have some insight that you have a, your special offer for my audience. Can you just let me know that now? What, what is it that people they want to get to know more of you? Because this hour is going to go by so fast. Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, we've got our membership, which you're a part of, which is jl.club, but we also run a lot of events as well. So if people want to, you know, to run some events, they can maybe email your, your team and we can do a, a, you know, something very special uh, for your community as well. Well, I would love to. I mean, I think, again, just so exciting. Now, uh, in the minute we have left, let's just jump fast forward to Clubhouse. How did you get started on Clubhouse and why do you love it so much? So I was part of a mastermind group where um, it's kind of like a, kind of the best of the best of the people in that in that industry. And someone sent a message saying, oh my God, this new social media platform, it's going to be the best one in the world. You need to join it. And of course you needed an invite, right? So back then you needed an invite. So I got an invite and I joined and I was like, oh my God, there's like a thousand people and there's 5,000 people in this room. I started my first room for, and I had 1,300 people show up. I'm like, wow, there's something special here. So I started using it and, you know, I've got now the biggest club on, on, on Clubhouse for entrepreneurs and, and then now become an investor in Clubhouse as well. So yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting journey. I just love how you see those things. For me, I had 15 people invite me and I thought it was a network marketing scam. And I said no to people like Sharon Lecter. I just, <laughs> just cause it sounded like, you know, I had enough scams until I joined. Um, but unlike you, where your brain goes, cause I'm definitely more of a spokesperson. I have, I have a certain niche that I do. I'm the best when it comes to tweaking people and their pitches, but business-wise starting businesses, that seems to be your thing. I also never even bothered creating a club just cause it would just seem like not my focus. You have the biggest club on Clubhouse. Hello, my friend. I'm going to hang out with you more. You have a very smart mind. Uh, we have one minute break. You know what? I'm going to take the break, guys. You're listening to Forbes Factory. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. My guest today is going to be here for the entire hour. If you've got questions, we're in fact live on Facebook right now. And obviously, we live as an iTunes podcast all around the world. Uh, and if you listen, share, because there's somebody who needs to hear this. I know I'm loving this. I would take a quick break to say thank you to my sponsors. We'll be right back after this message. Don't go away. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. 
Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Welcome back to Forbes Factor, my very special guest, who, by the way, is blowing it up on Facebook. We have tons of comments. People want to know the name of your club, how to join your membership, and it goes on and on. They're just exploding over here. Uh, And so we're talking about how you are definitely the definition of visionary. Do you have an implementer in your world who helps execute your visions? I absolutely do. So my business partner, Vincent Wong, he is, um, uh, we call him a creator forward slash mechanic so he understands like sometimes i have like crazy ideas and i'll say oh can we do this and and he'll just figure out a way to do it and he'll find the best people even if we can't do it he'll find like for example we i know nothing about um coding i know nothing about app creation so when we took our company public we did our you know first ipo in 2019 so we raised all this money we're like okay what shall we create so we created an app that Allow because my first mentor charged me ten thousand pounds for two days of coaching, and because of that, I've learned a lot of things to be able to grow. But I thought to myself, why don't we have access to multi-millionaires, billionaires, successful entrepreneurs? They're too busy. But what if I could create an app where I can put them all in one place? And anytime anyone says a question on NFTs, crypto, investing, business, marketing, social media, entrepreneurship, then they could literally ask a question. And then, so let's say I want to ask Forbes a question. I see Forbes on it. Hey, Forbes, how do I pitch my product? Bang. Forbes gets a message. And then I just send a, and then you just send a voice note back saying, Hey, John, the best way to pitch your thing is this. And then I've got to pay you to answer my question. So oh, that's okay. so. So what's the, what's the name of this app that I did not know about? I mentors. Oh, I do know about it. I actually yeah. saw, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I actually, I was listening to it today. That's so interesting. <laughs> What a great concept. And so you had no idea how to do this. Just your partner said, I'm going to set this up for you. You're genius. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. would you say to entrepreneurs who are visionaries who don't have an implementer? Um, find one uh, or learn to implement yourself. I mean, I think a part of business, well, look, there's, there's only really four things in business. So this is what I've learned by creating multi-million pound businesses. Number one, your marketing. You've got to get good, good at marketing. Number two, sales. Anyone learns how to sell? Speak to Forbes. She's the best at that. Three, scalability. How do we not just sell, but we scale, right? And then number four is your brand. So when you look at the scaling part, it's all about your operations manuals. The the, the difference between a million-dollar company and a $10 million company and a $100 million company and a billion-dollar company is all down to systems and scale. That's the only thing. So for people listening to this right now, find somebody who's very like an implementer is someone who's detailed. Really, you're looking for an operations director. You're looking for like a COO, right? Someone who doesn't have the vision, but knows just how to get stuff done. Proactive. These people test them, right? So one of the things I do, if I, if I see someone in mind, I'll test the person. I'll send them an email. They don't reply. Definitely not. Right. But like, so for example, when I um, hired my first PA, um, I had three people apply 
of uh, the final and I gave them all almost impossible tasks to do. And the one that would come back to get it done is the one that got the job. Oh, I love this. And that is such an important, what, what kind of task did you give them? I'm going to drill down here. Would you ask? So me? like itinerary. So like, for example, when I was traveling around the world, they had to get all my hotels booked, all my flights booked. They have to arrive on time because my speaking schedule was, and I'm sure you've done this before, you, you know, you have to fly from London to Dubai, Dubai to Singapore, Singapore to Malaysia. And each one's got like six hours in different time zones. Right, staying in the hotels, making sure you've got the right AV setup, speaking to the promoters. Like I hate presenting with um, slides, right? I like presenting with like pens and a, and a flip chart and a camera, right? And, and, and I hate having a lapel mic. I've got to have a head mic. So things like if I would show up at the venue and I don't have a head mic, I know the PA's done a bad job. Oh, that's interesting. So wait, with the first company that you decided to take public, was that a difficult thing to do or was it something? Very difficult. It was, it was, I would always advise people, if you don't have to take your company public, don't. <laughs> was it a good thing for you or did you decide to reverse that concept? No, no, no. It was great because, so one of the things I learned from one of my billionaire friends, he said that, John, if you want to create a billion dollar company, here's what they do. So a lot of the companies that go public actually lose money, right? Because they're in burn because you've got to raise money and they sacrifice profit for growth. So once you've got this company, look at Amazon, you look at Tesla, Facebook, all these companies, a lot of these companies, I think Uber's still losing money, right? Um, WeWork still losing money. But what you do is the reason why you take a company public is because now you have shares in the company. So traditionally, if I want to buy a company for, say, $10 million, I'd have to give them $10 million cash and probably an earn out from that. But if I got shares in the company, I'd say, you know what, I'll give you $8 million cash, um, in shares, and I'll give you $2 million in cash. So now that company's cash flow sits on the company and you keep doing it again and again and again and again until now you've got this portfolio built up and now that's what increases your share price. People always ask me or lately, what's your five-year plan? Do you have, have you thought, do you do that? Is that part of what your, your mentality is? Um, I always plan for short-term, medium-term and long-term, right? So for example, my goal is to take my company to a billion-dollar valuation. So I know exactly how to do that. Right? It's all about ARR, annual recurring revenue. It's about monetization. It's about scale. Any companies that have recurring revenue have a 10 times multiple. Right, So it's also timing in the market as well. Right? And being in the market, like if you'd have invested in Tesla, you know, instead of spending 70000 in a Tesla car, which after five years is worth half the price, if you put the same 70000 into Tesla stock, it'd be worth hundreds of thousands. Right. So it's, it's knowing what targets to go after but also knowing what collaborations to go for and also having uh, the, you know, the connections. So the connections make a big difference. Now you've spoken on stage with some amazing people from Richard Branson to Bill Clinton to all kinds of Randy Zuckerberg. What's your key, your secret sauce to maintaining high level relationships? Um, find out what people want, give it to them and don't expect anything in return. Like? So um, I'll give an example. So I'll, quite a lot of my friends are, so for example, Avengers, right? So I have a friend who's in the Avengers movies and he saw one of my posts and, you know, he, he dropped me a message and he just happened to, to finish his, his, his shoe. And then he was in London with his wife. And because a lot of these actors and, and a lot of these athletes, they have a lot of money, but they don't know how to invest it. So the first thing they wanted to buy was a property. So they came to me and said, John, how, how do I get the property? How do I negotiate? How do I make money when I buy? What are the things I need to look out for? What, what are some of the pitfalls that, 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 that you can do? So, or, or, or that I should look out for, that things are going to cost me. So, you know, I would go and do things for people 
Um, and I'll get things in return. I'll give you another example. One of the biggest promoters who promotes Tony Robbins, the reason I was able to get on the stages with Richard Branson, with Bill Clinton, with Tony Robbins is for about six months, I toured with this company. And instead of being their speaker, I was their runner and MC and stage manager. Because I wanted to know how the behind the scenes of events worked. And then eventually, like, oh, John, this speaker's not here. Can you come and you know, do, do, do like a little um, introduction for the next speaker? And I started off doing a lot of emceeing. Then I started off doing like little pictures. Oh, by the way, at this break, could you talk about this, this speaker's book? Because they don't want to talk about it. And then from there, the more I started to speak, the more I started to speak. And then those opportunities came. And I had to pay my own way, pay my hotels, pay my flights. It cost me money in my company as well. But I can tell you, even till today, I still have that relationship. And anytime there's a big event, guess what? I'm the number one speaker that gets invited to speak. So what would you suggest to someone to, I mean, that's such a brilliant strategy, but I don't know if it's right for everyone. Um, what would you suggest to somebody who's never been a speaker? I and mean, that's what you and I were both actually just on Real Summit. Congratulations. I've been there since January 2021. And I'm very proud of the fact that I finally leveled up to that level. I also had to create products in the back end that didn't exist before. So I'm a little catch up there. Um, new speaker, entrepreneurs who are like, I would like to speak. What's the advice? The easiest way to get on stage two ways, buy your way in, earn your way in, right? So if you want to buy your way in, for example, there's a lot of events that have sponsored speaking slots. Call the, call the promoter and say, hey, what sponsored speaking slots do you have? And they're happy to give you like half an hour, an hour, and you pay them 10 or 20,000 or however much you want. Um, and then they will use that money to market the event to get more people to the event. That's the first one. Second way, which I prefer, is you know if you write a book. So I wrote a book called Business Hack. It's been endorsed by the co-author Rich Dad Poor Dad. So when you become an author, you have a fan base. And when you build a fan base, it's a strategy called Your Room, My Room. So what I do is I've, I've built up 6 million followers in social media now. So every time I want to speak in an event, I say, by the way, I've got 6 million followers. I see you're running an event. Um, I would love to help you promote it. And I don't ask to speak. I promote it first. And then I get a lot of people and they go, oh my God, this guy just put a thousand people in our room. Then, then I get a phone call. Hey, by the way, would you like to speak at our next event? So when you build a brand, again, instead of you having to knock on everyone's doors, everyone's knocking on your door because you have one thing that no, no one else has, distribution and instant brand equity at a touch of a button. That's why you need a database as well. I've got so a database. I'm going to send yeah. you this recording of this so you can let at least 5.9 million of them know what you did today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I'm an introvert by nature. And I, as much as I love being out there, like you said that in the very beginning, a little challenging to somehow reach out and make new connections. I'm always kind of surprised when I do. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm actually an introvert. I see that. But yeah. you're good at it. Well, oh, well, like, you know, sometimes like when I'm hanging around my friends, it's like, why is I, I'm not John Lee? Like, isn't that a speaker guy? Why is he so quiet? Like, I'd rather, I, I'm quite happy to just sit there and listen. And sometimes when I go to events, I'm a, I'm a bit socially awkward. Sometimes, not all, I mean, if I know the people, then I'm fine. But, you know, sometimes I'm like, I kind of keep myself to myself. And right, You guys all just need to hear this because I think the biggest takeaway from right now is you're talking to two people who are definitely like little geeks and socially awkward at events who are some of the top speakers in the world right now, yet that's the truth. I will still go to an event and if I don't know people, I'll just stand there and it's a little, thank God I got a little fame, otherwise I would still still, you know, standing in the back, which is weird. You're like, why did you do that? Um, which I think that transparency, my audience is eating this up. The, the Facebook is going nuts commenting on this and how, how beautiful you are right now. Oh my goodness. So writing a book, did that really truly affect your life? Oh, massive. 
massive. That's actually what got me a lot of the um, radio interviews. It got me a lot of my, my first TV interview. It's what got me um, now, you know, when I wrote that book, what, 2015? God, that's a long time ago. Some what, seven, eight years, nine years ago now. Um, it's what got me into Forbes. So they talk about my book in there. So it's interesting, like when they introduce you, they always say, oh, John Lee, the author of, they never say the John Lee, you know, serial entrepreneur, entrepreneur, this and that. I mean, I mean, you gave an amazing introduction, but a lot of times people know you for the book. Like I remember I was in Heathrow, right? So flying Emirates, my promoter flew me out, flew me business class. And I, I, I checked in, in in the lounge and the lady at the counter said, oh my God, are you John Lee? Oh my God, I'm reading your book. And she took a copy of my book out and I, and I signed it for her. And um, and then she I get a call to go to the desk and she upgraded me to first class, like for free. I'm like, wow. Oh, that's getting better. All right, for those of us who don't know about your book, what is the big takeaway from your book? Um, so I've got two. The first one is the black one back there called Wealth Dragon Way, but the latest one is this one called Business Hack. And there are so many different ways to hack business, right? I'll give an example. Like one business hack that you want to use is um, uh, raising finance, right? So you raise finance when you don't need it, right? So one way to raise finance is you can use things like Kickstarter. You can use, um, there's so many of these websites. You have an idea. People go, John, I don't have any investors. Put it on Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or whichever page. There are lots of these different sites and people will fund your idea, right? You get investors coming in to fund your idea. So Kickstarter, you've got a lot of, the, a lot of those different sites. One of the hack for like um, business and um, uh, social media, right? So I do a lot of stuff on social media. Like you want to get more followers on Facebook, use an engagement tab. Every time you use an engagement tab, Facebook shows it to people that engage. What LinkedIn. Is that? Wait, 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 an engagement tab. Help me socially illiterate over here. So when you make a post, people post to the friends. They don't uh, post to the buyers, right? So when you go into Facebook, you can have a setting that says engagement. So when you click engagement, Facebook knows all the people that will engage, right? They track all the people that like, comment, and share. So when you do that, the more you get. So the rule on social media is the more likes and comments that you get, the more it will reach to more people, right? So that's that's. You need to very slowly hold your book up one more time. So that my audience can see this, I think this is a massive takeaway. Available on Amazon and all the platforms, yes? Yeah, yeah. If they go to Amazon, they can get it. Uh, as I said, it's just been endorsed by the co-author of Rich Dad Poor Dad as well. But it really talks about the different hacks in life because a lot of people, like there are only two ways to market your business, free and paid, okay. right? Free is guerrilla marketing. Paid, I mean, if you've got $5 million US dollars, um, Forbes, you can just advertise on, on Super Bowl and you'll get 100 million eyeballs. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't have... 5 million US dollars just to blow on advertising. So you have to use guerrilla marketing. For example, um, if, I, if I'm if i using TikTok, TikTok's the one that's going to give you the most reach for free, right? TikTok's are 15 seconds long, but the first three seconds need to have a pattern interrupt. So it interrupts because the longer people watch it, it has what we call a rippled, um, delayed organic reach system. So if, if I put a little ripple here and no one watches it, it won't give me a second ripple. If people start watching it over and over again, I get a second ripple. It shows to more people and it does again. And it keeps, and that's how you go viral. So you got to know how to do those types of strategies. Another thing, DM automation. There's a really good software called instachamp.io, right? So best hack I've got for you right now. If, if people go to my Instagram profile, my, my, my last post uh, on my, because of my birthday recently, my last post had, um, uh, 5,000 comments, folks, 5,000 comments. How? 
How? Because I asked people, I said, hey, by the way, I've got a gift for you. If you're interested in this gift, type in the word gift. It's my birthday present to you, right? And I got thousands of people commenting. And because of that, every comment and engagement I get, it will automatically, if I use a software, Instachamp, it will send that person the gift without me physically having to do it. And I'll tell you this trick with this. Um, Instagram and Facebook restrict how many messages you can send. So you can only send 100 messages every hour, 50 to 100 messages. Any more than that, you get blocked. If you use Instachamp, because it's an approved third party with Facebook, I can send 10,000 messages and I won't get blocked. That's a good lead generation source that I've got for free. So that's another hack. On Clubhouse, I figured out, you know, I've run over, I mean, look, God, I don't know how many rooms I've run. I've run literally, I've been on there for um, probably I've run about, uh, 185 plus 365, about 550 rooms on Clubhouse. And because of that, you have a calculator handy. That was a genius move, by the way. Yeah, just, yeah. I'm, just, I'm always geeky, right? I'm always calculating. <laughs> I love that. All right. <laughs> right. So on Clubhouse, you want to get more reach? Simple. What people do is they open a room by themselves. The worst thing you can do because you only get one notification. What you do, you start a social room first. You bring people on stage, like 10 people on stage, then you open the room. Because what happens is everyone on stage, it sends a notification to everyone's followers on stage. That's the first one. Second thing is when you have a club, do not open the room in a club. If you open the room in a club at the same time, you get double notification, you get less reach. So what you do is you open up on a small room first with you. It sends one notification to everyone's followers. Then after about five minutes, you open up to the rooms, it sends a second notification out. So now you get a bump up in numbers. And then what happens, it starts to level out. Once it levels out, then you do a share on Clubhouse. So you stagger those three things instead of doing it all at once. And you get more. That's why I can have thousands of people that attend my rooms. I figured it out after doing 550 rooms. Guys, this is the main masterclass that you're getting completely for free. I am still, I'm loving this, but I'm just going back to your Instagram going, wow, not only 2.6 million followers, but 5,000 engagements on a post, that was a genius strategy. And I love geeking out on this, guys. It's why Napoleon Hill wrote about the joy of mastermind. Anytime there's two people doing this, you are witnessing what I think is probably the greatest mastermind. Now, don't tell Rob Moore because I had him as a guest. This is so much better. Don't, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And wow, I'm loving your hack mind. This is so insanely valuable. Now, do you offer this in your membership? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of that training there. So if people want to learn about that, I've got that in jl.club. But honestly, I actually spend three days uh, working with people, you know, to do that. I do a three-day virtual boot camp. I go for eight hours a day. I don't have any of the speakers. It's just me teaching these boot camps, teaching all these different hacks and how to grow, how to monetize, how to get more exposure. And also, how do you scale up the business? And that's why virtually it's one of the best things you can do because now you don't have a, like when I was sharing the stage, I was having a conversation with Randy Zuckerberg and she told me that, you know, John, nowadays you don't want to have a local business. You want to have a global business that hits every single time zone. So the U S market, the European market, the Middle East market, the Asia market, the Australian market. And then it just, it's like 24 seven. So it never stops. So that's why it's so important for people to put content out there. I've got videos that I put up 10 years ago on YouTube that still makes me money today, Forbes. That's insane. So now you're doing three-day workshops virtually. Can anyone join? Um, Yeah, if you are willing to put in the time and if you're willing to take action as well. My only one ask is that if you um, get value from it, 
then you must pay it forward to somebody else. I mean, honestly, you know, for us both, you and I, we've made enough money for many lifetimes. Yep. Why do we still continue to do what we do? It's because when we leave this planet, we got to leave something. That's why I write these books. Right? I don't make any money from the books because my publisher takes most of it. But I, but, but, but I know that my daughter will read this book. And I know that when you and I, you know, when we've left this planet, your radio station will still be here. Your podcasters, my videos will still be here. My social media will be here where people can learn. That's what we call true legacy. Well, so because I've heard you talk about your trainings and how you'll, you'll give some away. You'll have people. I did not quite realize what you did. And now that we've got millions of people watching this and downloading this, uh, how do we get involved? See, I want, because we're going to lose you in a few minutes. I want to come to one of these three-day trainings. What do I do? Well, we're on a lot of them. I mean, I think the biggest one, the most recent one, the most up-to-date one is one called, because um, uh, a lot of people right now want to do online presentations. So the first thing is you want to be able to market your business. The second thing is you've got to be able to grow your business and then systemize it on scale. And one of the best ways to do that is to do online presentations, right? Is to do webinars, is to do, how, how, how do I promote it to get thousands of people onto there as well? So, uh, we have a three-day uh, bootcamp coming up. Day one talks about how do you actually set the whole uh, sequence. Step two is how do we automate it using different softwares. And step three is how do we market and then how do we get sales automatically so we produce passive income. Uh, some of my events, you know, between one and two thousand pounds. But you know, Forbes, this is the first time you and I have done collaborations together. You know, yeah. apart from Clubhouse, but this is I'm actually seeing your face for the first time in almost one and a half years. Is that crazy? So, <laughs> so I'll tell you what, for, 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 for your community, um, because it's the first time I'm working with community, I know your community is fire because you've trained every single one of them how to become amazing entrepreneurs and sell and pitch. All they need is the audience. So um, what I'll do is I'll let your audience pay whatever amount they want to pay to get in, right? You and I, we're going to create something. We're going to have this conversation. Again, you know, I've also heard you on Clubhouse. And I've got to tell you, for all of you listening, this is a fun moment. This is like a business blind date where you're like, you know what? I this I, I like this guy. Keep her say right here. Don't tell his wife or my husband. But we're having some fun here. And we're going to do some business. Because one of the things that I love doing, I see white spaces all over the place, create amazing collaborations with people uh, and from a vibe. So I'm going to say that if you are interested in knowing more, the best thing you can do is reach out to me. You guys know my, you have my private email, um, care of care of my voice America and certainly my social media. But even tonight when I'm going to do my mastermind, we're going to create something amazing. I've had 12,000 students go through my coaching since COVID hit. And I started this level of my career and um, you'd be somebody who I believe really would serve my people well. So congratulations. That's cool. That's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me. Well, no, I am so honored that you said yes. Apparently lots of people love you. Uh, I didn't realize how many people responded. Like, oh my God, John Lee. <laughs> In the few minutes that we've got left, let's, let's leave business for a second. Talk to me. What do you do when you're not working? I watch a lot of animations. In fact, I'm really looking forward to the new Buzz Lightyear movie coming out soon. <laughs> uh, have you seen the new Jurassic Park? I haven't. No. I, I also want, I, I need to watch Top Gun as well. Yes, I did, I did those the last two days because I'm leaving my beautiful man. My daughter and I are going to Greece. So I went to the movies both of those nights. Both extraordinary for people who just love film. Cruz did an amazing job of getting the, the actors in those real scenarios. No green screen there, which was like, wow. I know, right? And then, of course, nothing better than a giant dinosaur running after and frightening people. That's all I mean, right. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I just in, in my downtime, I just love to... You know, like do jigsaw with my my daughter. Do you know? Uh, she likes Lego. She's playing with Lego now. Sometimes she'll go freeze, and then she wants to play like 
and pretend to be Elsa from uh, from from Frozen and. And, and for me, it's just having that. I mean, simple stuff like just sitting there watching a film, sitting in the garden, having my, you know, double espresso and just, 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 you know, pontificating on, on ideas and on, on, on ways that we can become better. So thinking about that as the world has hit a little bit of a craziness, at least in my interpretation, what are you looking forward to for the world and, and how you're moving through it? You know, this is a point where we're going to get squeezed. We're going to get squeezed to the top or squeezed to the bottom. Forbes, in Chinese, we have a saying called Wei Ji, and it's a Chinese character. It's made up of two characters, and it spells crisis. One word by itself on its own is danger, and the other one is opportunity. Together, they spell crisis. That means in every crisis is about to come, and you are right. I think definitely we are moving. I mean, it's about time we went into sort of this recession for slash Depression, but you know there are more millionaires made in a recession than any time before. So my my saying to people is this: success is when preparation meets opportunity. Get educated, connect with the right people, find all the assets of people that you can invest into, help more people, and get ready for it to come. Because a lot of people miss the property boat, a lot of people miss the Bitcoin boat. Do not miss the Web 3.0 space, the NFT space, the metaverse space, where we are now evolving into. Mm, what do you think about metaverse? What's your concept for that? Well, do you know how we have a website now? Okay, websites will be gone. And we so if I want to buy things from Forbes Riley, I just put my goggles on. I'm in your shop now. And just like we have Apple Pay, I can just have a click pay. So, oh, I want to buy her book. Click, bang, it gets delivered. It charges my wallet, right? Oh, I want to buy Forbes' course. Click, bang, charge my wallet. And as soon as I click on it, a door opens. I go straight into your seminar virtually. And I can look around. I can see people there. That's where we're moving into. Well, you know what's funny about that is that I'm a little bit older than you, and I, I personally have a vision about doubling down on humanity because when you take the goggles off, you're still a human who needs to exercise, eat, think right, do your hair and makeup, and I'm and have a personal relationship. So it'll be interesting to see how those two worlds, if I were 19, I would metaverse all day long. At my point, I'm going to make sure that you stay fit, happy, and healthy. By the way, I need to get you and your daughter one of these in bright pink so that you can always stay super fit and healthy. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah, that's an interesting journey about how do you take a product to marketplace. In our last minute here, and I just, I, I just adore you. Thank you so much uh, for coming to life from that little circle. What's one thing that you'd like to share with people listening? A lot of people are listening right now. I just want to say for everyone listening right now, you know, whatever you do, people will say you're crazy, right? Whatever ideas you have, they'll say, oh, you're a dreamer. You're always going to get these people, red lighters, green lighters. Red lighters tell you can't do it. Green lighters say, you know what, you should do it. So write down all the people who are red lighters and remove them from your life, replace them with green lighters. Because I, I made the mistake of telling people what I'm going to do. And because of that, I get a lot of rejection. I get a lot of hate. I get a lot of, oh, you can't do it. And the, all the people that say that you can't do it are the ones that say that you can afterwards when you've made it. So my one last thing I'll leave people with is this, Forbes. Don't tell people what you do. Take massive action. Get results and let your results do all the talking. Oh, drop the mic. My beautiful friend, your parents did a really, really good job. And you are just such a delight and a sunshine in my life. Thank you. Thank you. For all everybody listening, I hope you got that message. Don't tell people what you're doing. Just let them see what you've done. I love that. All right, you guys, please tune in next week. If you like this, share it with your friends. Tell them what we're up to. We're on every podcast around the world, but we're live here on Facebook and on Voice America. To my crew in Arizona, thank you guys very much. Next week, I will see you from Greece. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.